No, I could eat something. So I receive your welcome to this time to share, the time to love, the time to give. And so as we move into the evening, let us together declare that we will be thankful for this precious time. We want always to give thanks that we have a breath of life. We always want to give thanks that there's a sun that shines so brightly on us. We want to give thanks that there's a wind that blows and there's usually an answer in that wind. We're so thankful at this time that we can listen to each other to give and to take, to offer our love and to to understand what it means to smile and make a difference in someone else's life. So we're thankful tonight that there is someone bigger than you and I who continues to lift us to the heights of our own understanding to give us the encouragement that we need. So on tonight, we are very prayerful and very thankful that we have another day to have a better way, to have a better chance to do a better thing. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, we say amen, 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 and ashe, ashe, ashe. Ashe, oh. 
tonight. Let us prepare for the receiving of energy and the opening up of our hearts to receive the energy and to give it out to others. As is usually the case on our Tuesday evening sharing, we offer the energy love clap. For those who have done it with us before, get ready for another evening of sharing your love with yourself and others. For those who may be joining us for the first time, we offer this opportunity for you to learn about how to love yourself, how to use the energy that's already yours to give thanks. So we use our hands, which are so powerful. We use our minds and we use our brain and we open our hearts. So this is how we do it. We just be still. If you're standing, that's good. If you're sitting, that's fine too. But the whole idea is to clap our hands, to open our hearts, and receive our energy of blessings. If you want to close your eyes and just be still right now, that's a good idea. So now you'll just stretch your arms out in front of you, parallel, straight in front of your heart. And as you stretch them out, take a deep breath and blow out whatever may be stopping you from relaxing with your arms outstretched. And you may just shift them from side to side for a minute and see how far you can go with your arms outstretched. And after doing so, take your hands and just clap them together. You should hear a little sound. Clap them together. And after you clap them together, yes, I hear the clap, clap them together. And after clapping them together, you're going to bring them to your heart. And the way you do that is to bend your elbows and just bring those hands together towards your heart and just rest them there for a minute, your hands or together. And what you will do next is begin to clap them, starting with your fingers, and clap your hands and bring the energy to your heart. Clap them with your elbows bent, of course, and bring that energy to your heart. So those of you who've done it, you know, continue to clap your hands, bring the energy to your heart. The new people do the same thing, just clap your hands and bring that energy to your heart. Now tonight is the 19th of November. We're going to clap to our hearts nine times and make sure you count for yourself. Nine is a way of completing a task. So we're going to clap nine times to ourselves, and we're going to start doing it together. So we're going to do one, clap to our hearts, two, clap to our hearts, three, clap to our hearts, four, clap to our hearts, five, clap to our hearts, six, clap to our hearts, seven, clap to our hearts, eight, clap to our hearts. Nine, clap to your hearts and bring your hands and just rest them on your heart. Take a deep breath again and just look at whether you have found energy coming towards your heart. And now that we have brought love to our own hearts through the clapping of our hands, we're going to do it the opposite and send that energy out to someone else. And this is how we do it. Instead of bringing the energy for our hand clap to our hearts, we're going to go from the base of our hand, clap it and send it out. And we see a rhythm, clapping our hands out. So 
we're going to send that energy to someone else, and I'm going to send it through the per, to the um, radio and to the people who are listening, and especially Sister Darlene, so she can know how much she's loved and how much everyone else is loved, the energy love from my heart. So we're going to do it again. We're going to give it out to someone else. So the people who are giving energy to themselves, keep doing that, and then we're going to send it out from our hands to you. So. We're going to do it nine times again. So one, two, three, let's send the energy out. One, going out. Two, going out again. Three, going out again. Four, going out again. Five, going out again. Six, we're going out again. Seven, we're going out again. Eight, we're going out again. And nine, is that eight? And nine, we're going out again. So what we have done so far is to bring energy to our heart, sending out to someone else, bring energy to our heart, and sending out to someone else. So that, my dear ones, is called the energy love clap, giving love from your heart to your heart and then sending that love out to someone else. So we give thanks that we have hands to use, heart that's pumping, and a mind that can direct us. So we're thankful, we're thankful, we're thankful we can say Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. And if you have questions about that energy clap, love clap, you can call in and get some more information, and we'd be pleased to continue to guide you in that wonderful way of energizing yourselves. Ashe, Ashe. Number is B four seven nine eight nine oh one eight oh. So the I number to go right ahead is, is 347-989-0180. With that said, we will continue tonight to address a very important topic. It's all about love. It's all about love that we can share with others. And tonight we are looking at how we can give thanks to our ancestors and how important it is to do that. And one of the things that we can ask tonight, where would we be if we didn't have our ancestors to thank for where we are now? And in looking at that topic, I would like now just to offer an ancestral libation prayer. Now, one of the things that we are accustomed to doing in our giving thanks is a libation. There are many ways that cultures give thanks. And we're going to talk a bit more about this, but just to give two or three ways that we can give thanks. And I will say this, and then you can listen to what you can say after I give you a few sentences that goes like this. To all our ancestors of antiquity who developed great knowledge and gave civilization to the world, you will say, your will to be lives in me. So I'm going to read that sentence again, and those listening can say, your will to be lives in me. To all our ancestors who were fortunate to be buried on the soil of Africa 
our motherland. You will say, your will to be lives in me. To all our ancestors who were lost and killed during the voyage of the Middle Passage, you will say, your will to be lives in me. We're just going to cut this short for now and continue to talk more about our topic for the evening. Your will to be lives inside of me. Yes, and we will lift that up more for more conversation about it. But right now, I do want us to pay attention to this question. What happens when we don't respect our past? What happens when we don't respect our past? When we don't respect our ancestors, the ones who came before us. So I want us to be still and concentrate a bit tonight on what happens when we don't respect our past. Well, one thing can happen. We can lose our significance. Another thing can happen. We can lose our importance to society. Another thing can happen. We can lose our way. And tonight, I'd like for us just to think a little bit about losing our way. We can search for our souls, and sometimes we search in the wrong place. We sometimes have no footing, and we don't stand on solid ground. So we have to know a bit about where we've come from so we can give thanks for those who came before We do know long before there was an America for us as a people, a place of color, there was an African continent, a world filled with directions. As we became more familiar with our ancestors and the way that we did things then, we learned a lot about respect. And one of the things that I discovered is that we always prepared food for our ancestors. If we were having a feast or an event, but even just sitting around our table, we always prepared a plate for our ancestors. There was food, and it was there first. They got the first plate. Now, again, not knowing that, we can just ignore the fact that someone sat before we were even born and prepared the way for us. So that's a way of not losing our way. That's a way of giving thanks for our food. There was another thing that we know, that we always greeted our parents and our foreparents in a respectful manner. We always gave acknowledged our elders, and we called them by their appropriate name and certainly not by their first name. Sometimes we would just kind of bow in, in reverence and respect to our elders. So everything really had a meaning. Even when we woke up in the morning, there was a way of looking up to the sun and giving thanks to the sun and giving thanks to the earth. What are we saying tonight? Where would we be if we didn't have a way of respecting our foreparents, we call our ancestors? One of the things I was thinking about was a very important ancestor by the name of Mary. And it just so happens not only was she an ancestor for me, she was she is also the name of my mother, very important mother, the name of Mary that comes in different languages and different cultures, but a very important ancestor to give thanks to. So what we're saying tonight is we know 
that we removed from our motherland years ago. It cost us a lot, but we are not separated when we reflect on where we've come from and how we can continue to give thanks. And we're going to talk a bit more about that tonight, but we're opening the door for a conversation about our ancestors and what happens when we do not respect respect our past. And for that, we'll say, Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. So I well, trust that this... Go ahead, sister. I was just going to say, Ashe, We are really looking at some of the rituals that we have learned in our in our development of knowing that we do have a past and we have to acknowledge it. And some of those rituals are just standing and looking at nature and giving thanks to the to the stars and the universe. And even though we may not um, be as, as aware as we like about the planets and the 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 astrology that guides and directs us, that's one of the things that we have to be very conscious of, of is about how the sun influences us and how water influences us and how the earth influences us. So there are certain rituals that were used and that we've talked about the libation, which is a pouring of water where we give thanks to our ancestors after the first pouring of the water. We give thanks for those who are still with us by the pouring of the water. We give thanks for, the, for, for things yet unborn, which are ideas. It's really called the libation. So that's a ritual that's standard that we learned about as we became more familiar with our Africanism and where we come from. So we also want to learn more about how to, every time we say thanks, that there's a special way of doing that. So tonight we're going to explore further how different people have have begun to give thanks to their ancestors. So for now we're going to just wait until we know more from others and share more as we go along. Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. Okay, so we are definitely call, uh, asking people to call in and share what some ways are that uh, we you honor your ancestors or, or our ancestors, the um, ancestors that belong to all of us, like Martin Luther King Jr., Doctor Martin, Doctor Reverend Martin Luther King Jr., and um, you know the ones that made a difference in our lives, as such as, um, you know, Mary Bethune, you know, is uh, very dear and near to my heart. She, you know, really has a message that connected with me very early on in my development, and so that I try to, every year, do something to honor her because of her diligence in getting our voices heard in America when there was so much disrespect. And I think that um, by us not doing it family to family, that it does take away from our children's knowledge of what type of history we come from. And, you know, a lot of children really 
don't know and don't understand what it means to have your freedoms denied, to have your person controlled by another person, not your mind, but your person, and being un, you know unable to change that, that we have to do something. Uh, I simply just light a candle and um, pour water, you know, doing the Ibashes, which is Ibashes is I honor and respect and then say the person's name. So that is just a simple ritual that you could do using water and a plant or outdoors. The water must hit the ground. Earth, and so that each time you say, uh, or you pour water, you say, I honor and respect, and you use whatever names that you want to. Um, you can use your family names, you could use the ancestors that belong to all of us that have contributed in a big way. We cannot lose insight of doing something in remembrance of our past because Santana said it best, those who forget their past are destined to repeat it. And we do not want to have our children's children wake up to their lives from on earth to be in chains again. And if we look at the way in which the people that are greedy are being exposed and those that are cheaters and have done things for many years to abuse their power, the heavenly source of creation is allowing the exposure of these things to come out and is waiting for us to do something about it. We cannot just simply allow things to go through that we do not protest and stand up for. Now, they recently took out the Voting Rights Act, which took so long for so many people to get the vote, and now it's all going backwards that with this ID stuff, is another form of discrimination because it's very hard to access an ID if you're a senior or if you're disabled or if you even are a young person, you know, just getting out of high school. Those uh, ID cards are not always um, available. And so that the vote is, again, being blocked for people of color. And we have got to stand up and connect with our past and recognize, and this is for the children as well that are growing up in schools, recognize that this was a uh, a form of discrimination that uh, kept one class of people supreme to another because they had the right to vote whereas black people didn't have the right to vote. So we have to be very mindful of what we're doing 
in our lives to connect with our past so that we do not repeat it. Now, I definitely was looking for some uh, callers to call in. I know Queen Marion of Four said that she would be coming on. I did have a special guest, but um, unfortunately, I don't think that she remembered. But she was going to talk about using Ancestral.com as a way of honoring your ancestors by finding out who they were. For many of us, we do not know past our grandparents who the other elders were in our family that, you know, gave birth to our grandparents. Like, I know that using Ancestral.com, I was able to trace my grandfather back to his grandfather, which was a blessing because I didn't even know what the names were, you know, of of those family members. And because they did not keep an accurate record that spelled names wrong and, you know, just really gave black people uh, no afterthought in terms of putting in the information that you don't even know. And I know this with my grandfather, it did not state who his wife was on the census. He just stated him, and, you know, was no way to see which one of those were his children. It didn't even have his age, so you couldn't even know how old he was. So that's the skimpy type of information, but even having that name to be able to call out Caesar Mumford, you know, was a thrill for me because that was something I was not able to do. So there are many ways that we can honor our ancestors. And I know that um, for Asians, during the time of the uh, uh, New Year's, that that is a special time for prayer to their ancestors, as well as, you know, when they uh, go to the, um, those of of course, that uh, follow Buddha, that when they get up in the morning, that they light incense and they pray and, you know, ask for wisdom and guidance from their ancestors during their prayer time in the morning. So I know I do it morning, at least I try to do it every morning, be consistent, but that's one way. How about you, Queen Mother? What are some ways to... Well, my um, earlier morning time is prayer, where I do just as you're saying. There's an instruction, there are chapters, biblical words that I use for um, guidance and direction, and I do one of the rituals, which is the communion, um, daily communion, which means that you reach out for the blood energy and you reach out for the bread that is the direction. And part of what goes on for my ritual is the energy love clap that goes on in the mornings. And another ritual that I do is to give thanks to the four directions of the world, which is to reach out with, with, the, with the, what I call praise postures, giving thanks to the 
to the universe of how any direction that I would travel, there would be protection and guidance. So there is always that spirit of reaching into and reaching out to the um, the, the history of spirit. And there's the other thing that um, in Egypt there is um, the, um, the, I would say the serpent that's stretched out in the wings and it's sometimes over every doorway. So you can always know that there is a, a way of protection and you can always look in that direction if, you, if I, I choose to. So I do have uh, that energy that comes out of the African the motherland that's available. So the one thing is always to, to stretch out, give thanks for the day, and that, that um, represents um, the spirit that rests inside, and that's what is called on daily because it's, it's the, the all-seeing eye, if you will, that can, can direct the path. So that's one of the things that always happens to give thanks in the mornings. Uh, it could be through the prayer. Having gone through so many different um, uh, cultures of, of thought, whether it's um, the yoga systems, as you said, there's a Buddhist system, and they each have their rituals. And you can remember sometimes, I remember some of the ones that I've traveled with that, that represent a, a Thanksgiving. So that's an expanded answer, but it means that daily there's a way of giving thanks, and it's usually either through the, 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 the exercise, through the water, the lighting of the candle. So those are some of the things that are done. On a, on a regular basis. And when it's, when sometimes it's always good to have a fragrance, some form of fragrance that reminds you that there's a sweetness in this in your environment that uh, represents uh, uh, how, you, how you want to uh, give thanks to the ancestors. And, you know, also um, there are usually many programs that go on around this time. Uh, there's Malcolm X uh, Day, which is the 19th, which is today, that um, many people stop and give thanks for Malcolm X. Um, there's also the um, Kwanzaa ceremonies that uh, start next month. I mean, there's Christmas. There's all types of opportunities to call forth and honor the ancestors that contribute to our growth and development as a people and as a country, as a world, because there's, um, as far as people in different countries giving birth to other people, Dr. Martin Luther King talked about how important Gandhi was to his development. And I want to go back because nothing is ever new under the sun. And I know that we said that this year we were going to talk about it's all about love. And I want to tie it into the ancestors because um, we started with self-love and and we moved into love of the family. And right now we're into love of past family members. And the point that Dr. King found out when he traveled to meet with Gandhi was that it is all about love. That when you um, connect and doing your work, whatever mission you were born to do, it starts from a place of love. As does the ancestral ritual. People that put those programs together, they are coming from a place 
place of love. And thank God for them because if it wasn't for people organizing a venue for us to honor our general ancestors, it would be no talk at all about it. Uh, we have one month every year to honor African-American people, but as development has occurred in my life, I find it necessary to honor African-American people every day because I'm one and I am seeking to elevate not only myself but all of us. So I do it from a place of love to rid ourselves of the ever-present anger that we see when we see um, these posts that get a million likes of ratchet people fighting each other. And they always happen into the communities where funds are limited and programs are limited, uh, access to community is limited, you know. Um, you might find uh, many churches, but you you don't find a lot of young people attending those churches because there is a disconnect on a cultural level. So we have to start from love, a place of love to envision all of our children doing well. And especially now with the prison population geared to take our young people, it is of the utmost importance that we begin to focus on a place of love and we begin to work with those ancestors that are still... Um, walking this plane, although they're in the invisible realm, they're walking this plane with spirits of anger and violence and negativity. And we have to really do our work to mediate those spirits and to elevate them so that we can have our children filled up with the right type of spirit. Because if it's empty, then anything is filled up inside. And and children I'm not I'm not saying they born with an empty slate, but they're at a crossroads. They can go one way or the other. So it's so important for us to focus on connecting the past to the present so we can have a brighter future. Ashe, Ashe. Um, and moving along with what you were saying, the one person whose name comes up is Marcus Garvey. Marcus Garvey uh, was quite an influence in connecting the African continent and the Americas to see how we could really utilize all the resources that was available to us. So for his time period, he really made a contribution of 
organizing, influencing, and sharing a way to, to reconnect. So I would say he's one of our major ancestors. I also uh, acknowledge the names that you called earlier, which is Mary McLeod Bethune. She's really to be recognized for the way she helped education to, to flourish and use herself as an example of what it means to have little but yet to produce so much by starting a college called the Mary now it's Bethune-Cookman College in Florida. And the um, another ancestor, that, ancestor that's very near to me is Whitney Young, who made a difference in the world of social work, where he looked for how to incorporate the wealth that we had in ourselves and our contribution, how we could do that. And interestingly enough, when he made his transition, he was in Africa trying to bridge that gap between the Americas with the Institute of African American, uh, Institute of African American. So. And his social work influence has made a big difference in how we can look at ourselves as having the power to change things. And just in keeping with that, we are, as a body, bringing together social workers who over the past 50 years have made a contribution on behalf of the human family. And we, as a body, will one day be, I trust, looked back at as ancestors who made a contribution. So as the social work community says what they have done in the way of justice, in the way of human betterment, that young social workers can see what has happened in the past and going back beyond the now, that we can look to them for the future to see how they can continue to carry forth what was done in the past, what's being done now, what can be looked at for the future guidance. There's also the um, appreciation for a man named George Washington Carver, who has a birthday celebration in January, and that's a time for the history to be brought forth. So he is studied quite readily and made one a major contribution. He will live forever through his scientific inventions and how he used nature to stimulate a real economic growth in the South with the products of, of the potato, peanut, and soy. So he is really one to relish and, and give thanks for his love. He really had a love of people, and that's what he used for his work. I love not money was useful, but he did never separate himself from nature, inventions, and giving of himself totally. So I know that we tonight will reflect more and more on how our family members represent ancestors who made a difference when it was so rough on them and they still stood forth and made ways for us to live through giving us houses to, that they built on their own, um, the land that they developed in the midst of all the um, degradation and being considered less than. So we can um, continue to look and find out more about our family and there's a source called the Genealogy Group, so I'm sure in many of our cities and in our states there may be a group that is referring themselves as interested in genealogy where you use the Ancestry.com to explore more about family life. And it also would be important, I think, in our educational system, if in our, our history, our political science, our government, whatever the curriculum provides that someone in there, some of the teachers or as a, as a supplement to the study that children do even after school, that they would really have a project to start to learn about their ancestors through the system that's available, even with roots as one way of, of beginning, because that book is, is available that, uh, that can be utilized. And, and 
carrying this education idea further that all children, if they're in a, a mixed group, could learn about the African community and what we experienced by not having family that we could uh, connect with because we didn't know the last names. We were separated. So if other children who may not be of African descent could see what it was like for our four parents to go through what we went through, which makes it difficult for us to be um, connected to a family and we're separated in many, but we are separated often. So that's a, that's something we can project I think, for bridging that gap between the not knowing and the beginning to know and leave that as a legacy, Ashe. That is so true. And just um, to, you know, really point out that as children, no matter what their race or creed or, you know, culture is, as children in the American classroom, that it's so multicultural that they need to be exposed to different cultures. My problem with multicultural education is that oftentimes in different districts, uh, African-American is not considered a culture unto itself. So it's not given the same standard that, say, you would go through going a festival like um, uh, Dia de Muerte, which is the Day of the Dead, in Mexico and other Spanish-speaking countries. Yet, you know, we also have various different days of celebration. Kwanzaa comes to mind. A lot of um, school districts are still not participating in Kwanzaa ceremonies and not really educating children about Kwanzaa because the African-American culture is assimilated into the larger culture of America and not considered a separate, unique culture unto itself, which it is. Because um, if you put people of different cultures together, all Americans, we see our differences and see our similarities, it really um, stands that our in-home cultures are very different. It's very different in terms of even parenting experience, you know, where, um, you know, you find that some cultures are able to allow their children to, you know, run free and be, you know, who they want to be. And we still have a suppressive culture with our children. We still carry that don't be seen because, you know, we don't want the, the slave master to take you. So don't try to be seen too much or heard, you know. So that culture is still in effect. And what I find with the children that are being born now is that they have a aggressive, aggressive kind of uh, aggression coming out of wanting to speak their minds and wanting others to hear them to the point of disrespect. And that shows that the past, the present, and the future haven't been connected because 
the children are not honoring or respecting the eldership, the wisdom of eldership. They want to teach us, <laughs> you know, and in some things they can't. You know, clearly they have the technology thing going, but as far as life and living, these children want to tell you how to live. And, you know, we have to find a way to bond that relationship and heal it so that the boundaries are clear, that the elders teach, the adults work, and the children learn. And, you know, of course, there is learning. We can learn from each other, but there has to be a context of respect. And, and you know, while we're talking about ways that some people honor ancestors, we have to look at why it's the necessity to honor the ancestors. As we were saying earlier, if we do not honor our ancestors, we have no real um, footage to stand on because we have there's no order. And one of the things that we start out with with a place of uh, connecting. You used the word earlier how we could connect. So we have to know that someone came before us to get where we are. And examples of it, the whole knowledge base. Uh, of uh, the the smarts of our people, the 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 the, um, the inventions, the medical healing, all of the things that supported us when we had nothing to to uh, the institutions were not there for us. So just that alone tells us somehow people lived when they had nothing to live on, but their their desire to live, and so that the the um, examples of what I think about uh, Paul Robeson, whose ex- life experience was just um, uh, very um, belittling and had very little um, value in it. Just to, just to show a, a, a film on a Paul Robeson, which was able to do in one of the classrooms that I was working in, it just gives young people an opportunity to see what a talent, what happens to a talent, what happens to the brilliance of someone when they are not considered an individual, but they don't stop working to um, just because they're treated in such a negative way. So the need for our young people to learn the very basics of the word word respect and to demonstrate it, uh, even when children are running running away in the moments you're saying don't run and they're still running, how do you stop them in that process? It's because that's their energy. But there is a way of really listening and being disciplined and I would say being obedient to the adult who is responsible for their for their livelihood and for their activities. So it, it, it it's a very it's a start point, starting with yourself. If you are, I am the elder, then what does it mean to be an elder and have them address that topic until it's clear in their minds? So we have to continue to say we do have a past, and this is what it looked like. And even though it's, you don't read about it in the text, there is a way of finding information because our libraries are filled with information about what we contributed in the past that brought, brought us where we are today. Um, the um, A New World of Coming is a very interesting book where there's a lot of information about what it was like in the in, in, back in the days. But A New World is a Coming, and I know one is coming now because though it's mixed up in the confusion in our minds, we really have continuously to, to, to grasp 
what our ancestors did do in the area of medicine, what they did do in the area of education, what they did do in science and engineering, the whole concepts of building, constructing, and there is um, there's information to, to doc, document and can prove it. So that's really one way of of continuing to bridge that gap. Okay, and you know um, we definitely have to. Um make our children mindful of the respect that is due to the roots from where they come from, you know, and we have to start that when they're little. We can't wait until they're older. Because around 10, 11, 12, children become rebellious. And if you haven't instilled in them some form of gratitude, or being born, you know, many of them feel like, you know, you should be grateful to them. <laughs> and that is very, very confused state of mind. And, you know, it's so it's so sad because children that grow up with those kind of mindsets are the very ones that create havoc on the planet because they don't have any respect for anyone other than themselves. And and within our community of the 21st century, it is a our situation. It's no longer me generation. It's the our, because we all in this together. And within that respect of the ancestors, we even have to go further back. We have to, to give honor to the first, African woman or mother that gave birth to the first being. And, you know, as as hard as they're trying to go and find fossils and things in different places, that they found that that DNA of that African mother is in everyone. And we have to even take it that far back to give honor to the first womb that gave life. And, and, you know, and be mindful of it. And this is the time to do it. You know, while we are still have our good health and our good mind, you know, it's, it's hard to um, tell young people that when they get to a certain age, Spirit naturally takes over because the transition to the next level of being is be is getting ready to take place, and so we have to transform our thinking and our thoughts. And I, you know, it, it when I was uh, younger, I, it amazed me how many elderly people was in church, you know, and how many. You know, elderly people, you know they was hell raisers. They'd be drinking wine on the corner and carrying on something crazy. And then those are the very ones that once they reached a certain age, you didn't see them do drinks anymore on the corner. You see them always uh, talking about, you know, spiritual things and how everybody needs to change and things like that. And that's because it's a natural development of life. 
to begin to value other things and you value spirit as you get older. Young people that value spirit now, it is a blessing that they have opened up their senses because so many people are trying to make a living that they only are in touch with the here and now. They're not in touch with the spiritual past or the spiritual future of themselves, you know. You know, I, 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 I remember, you know, many uh, people that um, didn't call on God till you know, it was an emergency situation, and, you know, you see them in church praying for everybody to pray for them. And we did. And then once the problem was over, you didn't see them in church no more. So we have to really fight as an adult to um, establish a spiritual well-being that connects us to our past, to the present, and to the future. And also give our children a spiritual life, you know, and to know that within each one of them is the greater good. And you can't start talking about the greater good when they're 12 and 13 because by then they've set in with their own mindset. They kind of figured it out that, you know, spirituality is not important. You know, uh, especially like, um, you know, when I was younger, I used to really run my kids to church all the time, run them to church, run them to church. And I think that they have gotten a good grounding of spirituality and how important it is to, you know, to, to function. on a level that anything can happen, but I got the spirit of the creator on my side to make it through this. Absolutely, absolutely, which gives me the understanding that prevention or or love and all begins in the womb before the child was born so that mothers can put their hands on their stomach and have their prayer time so that the child can hear that vibration even before they come into the world. And when we think about the uh, legacy of our African ancestors, where they, when the, uh, we, in traveling in Africa, you saw how the child, the baby, was in the, uh, was strapped to the mother. And that was truly an African approach to child uh, carrying. And when I saw it there, and then when I realized that it had been picked up on the European market, that this is what was going on, but it really disturbed well, different reasons because there was no way to hold them. There was no daycare, so they had to pre- prepare for them to be somewhere. But the whole nurturing of having the child facing your heart or even on the back, you knew that the child was near you. And whether what the reason was or the rationale for doing it uh, for the spirit value, um, well, I do not, we do not know, but we know it certainly had some spiritual significance just to have that child of yours that close to your heart. If you had a, a heart of positive thought and good thinking, that certainly could be transmitted just in mindset to the child that I'm carrying on my bo- as a part of my body. So it 
and there are different ways that we really can start it, and it does start, has to start, even if it's when you're sitting at the table and you had your own life where you gave thanks for food. There's always a blessing to, to start just at that level because the child is going to eat. And one way, why do we why do we say a thank you for the food? That it's a reason, and that can be spelled out so that they will remember just that. And I was talking to a group of 11-year-olds on yesterday and asking them when before they go off to school, what did they do and how did they, uh, and they gave me their example of how they would have their, they, they would get up and they would take their, clean themselves and brush their teeth and have their food. And when they got ready to leave, they would, one said, I would say, they would say goodbye. The other one said, I love, I love you, mother. So love you, mom. So there were different varieties, but at least they had a sense that there was something they could do. And I offered them another way that they could feel better about themselves before they entered into the classroom. So however we can bring them to their conscious level, that there is something you have to be thankful for, and that is a sense of gratitude before you there was someone else. I say. So we have about three minutes left, Queen Mother, and I, you know, I definitely want you to give people your number because um, there are many people out there that need you, that listen to this show, and I pray that they reach out to you and, you know, ask you questions because your wealth of information and knowledge and experience would set people on the path towards their greater good. So, you know, Ashe, um, we need that. It's it's very true that we can uh, contact Miss B, Seven at yahoo dot com. That's contact regular c o n t a c t. Contact miss b m i s s b seven at yahoo dot com. And when that is done, we can certainly respond. We also have a website which is banksenterpriseonline dot com. Banksenterpriseonline dot com. And in that website, there's a place for questions where it says ask miss b and one of the things i want everyone to hear is that inside of each of us is a spirit that unfolds and we have our own path to discover and what we do uh what i offer as miss b and one who wants to see the journey uh, followed uh, in a positive way is to guide the listener guide the person into themselves so they know that within them there's a power that they have to reach and work and develop and nourish and when we go into the energy of our heart and listen and be silent to know that there is an answer to everything, it's a way to help me help you to get into that, to get in touch with the better self so they can be transformed and we can give up that, that postpartum slavery mentality of someone else is telling us what to do. Our spirit is what leads and guides and directs our path. And we are just the flesh to carry it out. Okay. So... We want to thank Yoruba House of Worship and the people that sponsor this program for giving us this opportunity to do this. And, Queen Mother, you want to take us out with a prayer for our minute left? Well, I'd like to continue the ancestral libation prayer that I was able to to, to yes. source up. And if anyone is interested in that, you certainly can Google it up where, where it gives us these words, and I'll just give some, and then at the end, at the conclusion of the sentence and we say your will to be lives in me so we give 
We say thank you, great ancestors, for the precious gift of your blood, sweat, and tears who fought for freedom, justice, and equality. And we say as a group, your will to be lives in me. And to our ancestors in your honor, I, we promise as a descendant and benefactor of your life to uphold truth without fear and to never forget you and your sacrifices as I teach myself and our children to honor and respect you. And to our ancestors again, we offer the honor to them and promise to assume the responsibility in continuing on the path of progress and build upon the foundation you have laid before us. And to our ancestors in your honor, we promise to remove the fear ignorance shame and self-hatred of my African history and reclaim the cultural heritage and consciousness of spiritual oneness. And to our ancestors in your honor, I promise to continue to build a new world for and with our children based on our traditional culture, our cultural principles and values. And that's an ashe. So that comes out of an ancestral libation prayer that we have offered this day uh, to our listeners. So we give thanks, one, that we are thankful and that we can sleep and rest knowing that we are better people because we believe so. This is an ashe and amen. Ashe. And I want to just uh, say good night to everyone. Thank you for listening. We love you. And join us. Uh, we're going to take a break for the uh, Thanksgiving uh, week, and then we'll be back the week after that. Okay. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. No, we're signing off. We're not signing out. We're signing out. We're not signing off. We're going to live in an ancestral Thanksgiving. I say.